The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 28th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, and can be found on page 1550 in the Pew Bible. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. Amen? All right. This uh, season that we find ourselves in is particularly difficult to preach or proclaim on. You wouldn't think it would be that way, but it, I found it, it hard to do, not knowing what direction to take this in such a way that there is a message that the gospel is delivered and that uh, I don't offend anybody. And then I had a word, and the word was uh, not out loud from the Lord. It came from a, another brother who was a min- in ministry. He said, don't worry about offending people. You do that without even trying. Forgive me. Forgive me. This is adapted from a devotional by um, Chad Bird, and it is regarding the season that we are in. It is best titled, uh, What Do We Do? Because that's a question that I get asked, as I would mentioned earlier in our service. What do we do, Pastor? And you know what? That, that question has been answered by the world and by people that think they know what this is all about. And it's been answered, but not particularly well. Because it is prefaced with, I think. And what has your pastor always said? If ever I say, I think, what are you supposed to do? Run. Not what I think, but what does the Word of God say? So here we go. What can the church learn from 2020? Do we learn that injustice is pervasive in our world? No. We knew that. Do we learn that the innocent suffer violence? Nope. 
That shouldn't be news. Do we learn that the world is wasting away? Again, no. That shouldn't be a surprise to you or me. Do we learn that evil cuts through the heart of us all? No, that shouldn't be a surprise either. We knew all of those things already. In all of human history, in today's reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through Genesis 2, verse 4, the creation story was laid out. And God, the creator of heaven and earth, he reveals his world. He speaks it into existence. His handiwork is out there for all to see. And our Father who is in heaven says, well, he declares it, it's good. It's good. And then we know, because we've read it, we've heard it, that in chapter 3, man and women, men and women, man and woman, pick one, Ken, we messed the whole thing up. And the world started to go into hell. We know that from Cain onward, that there is destruction that there is selfishness, that there is bloodshed. And we know, because it is accounted for us to read, that the thin veneer between civilization, that is being civilized, and anarchy is the norm, not the exception. There is not one good, no, not one. In days such as these, as in today, it's far too easy to slip into the mob mentality of the world that likes to think that there are some good people and there are other people that are very bad, very bad. That if we could just pass enough laws, then all would be well. We've heard that before, right? It was Ten Commandments. If we could just pass a few more, everything would be well. In fact, if we had enough laws, then justice, vigilante or legal justice, would be the solution to all of our problems. We have a, somebody watching what you do on every corner, reporting you in, uh, 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 maybe imprisoning you. Boy, that will take care of things, right? No. What can the church learn from 2020? Well, here's one thing. You ready to be offended? One thing we can learn as a church is that we are of no use to this world if all we do, we are no use to this world if all we do is ape the world's rhetoric. If we ape, imitate, Oh, rack them up in the other alley. If we ape the actions, the antics that we see, we must mirror, we must not mirror the hate, the fear. 
we must refrain from sowing seeds of discontent. As Peter addressed the crowds of Jerusalem in our Acts reading today, we address the church today with brothers and sisters. Hear this now. We must know. We must believe. We must proclaim this. That the problem that we have today that we see, the problem is sin, not skin. The answer is grace, not race. That Jesus died for all, and that our nation, this state, this community, needs Jesus now. The church and its pastors, this pastor, must continue to preach Christ. Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Nothing more. Nothing less. For it is only through Christ and His work His work that was worked on that cross for you, for all who believe. His work was worked. And His call from the gospel today, which was to commission, not the great suggestion, the great commission to go into all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is our hope. This is our call. This is our ministry. Because we know this in baptism. In baptism, it works the forgiveness of sin. God meets you there with His Spirit. It works rescue from death and the devil. And it gives eternal salvation to all who believe this as the words and promises of God declare, which is this, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's Mark 16, verse 16. What can the church learn from 2020? We call all people to repentance, no matter what their skin color, no matter what their sex is, no matter what their political affiliation be, or any other factor. For we know that all have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God. And we know that the law of God lets no one off the hook. Amen? What can the church learn from 2020? Our teaching is not about rights, but our teaching is that every human is created in the image and likeness of God. His icons on earth we are. Every one of whom we are to love and forgive as a brother 
or a sister. We look to Christ, for he was falsely accused. He was unjustly convicted and sentenced to death, a death that he did not deserve. He went to the cross. He endured the pain and the humiliation of a shameful death. And yet, he didn't demand justice. And he did not curse those who persecuted him. No. You know what he did. He asked the Father to forgive us. And he said, for they know not what they do. The lamb who was slain, he was interceding for those who hated him, for those who mocked him, for those who killed him. What can we learn, church, from 2020? Well, we know that justice cannot heal our world nor mere human love, but that only God's love in Jesus Christ, only God's love in Jesus Christ can heal broken hearts, restore shattered communities, and give us the grace to forgive even our enemies. So we pray to the Father. We cry out, Abba, Daddy, help now. What can the church learn from 2020? We teach that we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. We, we know that unseen forces and malicious angelic powers are manipulating sinners of all kinds to do their bidding. And that we delude ourselves if we suppose this is a mere human conflict. Revelation reveals over and over that human history is the battlefield of sacred and sinister powers. Again, Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. The enemy, the devil... He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 1 Peter 5, 8. Let me ask you a question. What would you consider the most serious threat to your existence today? What is that? The most serious threat to your existence your safety, what is it today? Is it crime? Is it disease, COVID-19? But let's not stop there. Is it heart disease, cancer, diabetes? Is it depression? Maybe it's global warming. We've been told over and over again that is the greatest existential threat to mankind. Which is it? So when you hear the admonition from Peter saying, your enemy, hey, sober up, open your eyes, 
Because your enemy, the devil, Satan, is prowling around like a lion. Let me ask you this. Is a lion high on your list of serious threats today? Not here. I mean, I suppose if we could find a lion, I guess we could go to the zoo. We could jump over the fence and swim across the water and go pet that big old kitty. Or perhaps we could strap on uh, some T-bone steaks, you know, around our belts and go for a walk in the trails along uh, Saddleback Mountain. They got a bunch of big cats there right now, I'm hearing. But none of us are that foolish because there might be a lion there. There might be a consequence. So we pay attention and we are leery, at least of that, when we're at the zoo or walking on trails. You know, it is our nature to focus on physical adversaries. And Holy Scripture, like what Peter's caution just mentioned here, reminds us is that we have a spiritual enemy. We have a spiritual enemy who has sinister intents for us and the ones we love. We talked about this yesterday in our men's group. You guys are going, wow, Pastor, you took that right out of portals of prayer, didn't you? Yes, I did, because it's that important. Do you realize, brothers and sisters, that Satan hates you? That ought to make you a little bit mad. Do you realize that he hates your spouse, your loved ones? That ought to really make you mad. Do you realize that it is his intent to sit back and watch? He may not be doing a full frontal attack on you every moment and every day on those that you love as well. He's patient. And he's looking to see just how he can get in there and separate you from the love of God. Well, I tell you what, gun sales are through the roof right now. Have you heard that and bullets and all that stuff? We are ready to lock and load to protect our stuff. We even say silly things like, you know what, the locks on my door, they are for your protection, not mine. Hey, that's uh, Second Amendment, and that is your right. Go for it. It really is. But guess what? Why would we neglect the fact that there is a devil prowling around? Why wouldn't we lock and load for him? Why wouldn't we fill our children and our loved ones with the ammunition that God gives to us in his holy scripture to protect them from the foe. Maybe it's easier to go buy a Kimber Ultra Carry 2 45 ACP than it is to have a conversation with my son or daughter-in-law. I don't have one yet. I'm just projecting. But, or my neighbor or my family. Maybe it's easier just to go down and, and buy that brand new weapon and it is to say, hey, uh, I need to talk to you about the Word of God, and I am by no means an expert, but I am his child. Can we talk? That's what I'm getting at, you guys. That's what I'm getting at, and we should be praying that our children don't fall into false beliefs, that they don't fall into despair or other great shame and vice. The sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer says, and lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil.
We need to fervently ask our Father at the morning and at evening and at all times to grant that the evil one may have no power over me. That was Luther's morning and evening prayer, part of it. Abba, help, save me. Grant that the evil one may have no power over me, morning and evening and in between. How grateful can we be that our Heavenly Father has answered those prayers through His Son, by sending His Son, who conquered that adversary, that lion. He conquered him with these words, His words. It's always His word. And His words were, It is written when Satan is poking at him that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. It is finished, he said, his word's powerful. He didn't say it's kind of finished, for, but you're going to have to do good works and be real nice. No, he didn't say that. He said it is finished, and he gave his soul up. Thanks be to God that the spiritual prince of darkness and the king of the jungle is no match for the prince of peace who is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Last time, what can the church, what can the church learn in 2020? The church will proclaim boldly and unendingly that over the chaos of this world, there still reigns the King of Kings, Jesus the resurrected, before whom every knee will eventually bow. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And into that kingdom, he calls us all to find forgiveness, to find life, and to find a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus said, My Father is always working on and through people just like you. So, in conclusion, best part of the sermon. So, in conclusion, 2020 is a great year for the church to be the church. In the name of Jesus, amen.